Welcome to the Mustang Owners Podcast. And now your host, John Cooler. Hello, Mustang fans, and welcome to another Ford Performance Edition of the Mustang Owners Podcast. I'm your host, John Clore, and as the Enthusiast Communications Manager for Ford Performance, I hope that you are reading my efforts in the Enthusiast section of FordPerformance.com every single week. And as always, my co-host is none other than longtime club president and Mustang hobby and industry guru, Mike Ray, who is known in the Enthusiast world as the King of Connections, Mike Talk about connections in the enthusiast hobby. Talk about Mustang people. We got a guest tonight that we could have a 45-hour podcast. Absolutely. And I was uh, it was such a pleasure that you introduced me to him. So, uh, yeah, it's been a great relationship so far and a great guy. And I think our viewers are going to love to hear from him tonight. Well, it was really hard, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to try to put a title on our guest because he's got uh, such a huge Ford background. His entire family is well steeped in Blue Oval tradition, and then, of course, when uh, he became of age, he got the Mustang fever like all of us did, and and then went on to become a just a Mustang specialist, so much so that he got heavily involved in the Carolina Regional Mustang Club, become president, and now he's involved in, he helped with the 50th, and now he's involved in the AACA as well, and, the, and that wonderful thing known as the Charlotte Auto Fair, and then not only that, I don't know if you know this, Mr. Ray, but he is also the Chief Procurement Officer of the Mustang Owners Museum in Concord, North Carolina. Please welcome Mark Young. Mark, welcome <laughs> to the Mustang Owners Podcast. Well, uh, glad to be here. Um, heard a lot about this uh, uh, podcast you've been doing. I'm not very familiar with that uh, part of technology, but uh, <laughs> I am learning as I go because I'm guessing I'm one of these OG uh, Mustang guys that uh, I'm more analog than I am digital. So. Uh, well, I am, okay. I'm catching up slowly. That's okay. Um, Mike, you and I have to admit, we were very surprised of how many people have reached out to us and said, you know, during their workout, they put on the Mustang Owners podcast and listen, or, or man, I love this one. Or, I love that one. Mike, we were, I, I don't know about you, Mike, I'm just blown away about all the positive response about our wonderful podcast. Yeah. You know, every single uh, event we go to now, people are approaching us about that and, uh, it's glad to see that the reach is getting out there and people are actually listening. And uh, Carlisle was crazy. What do we have? Like six or seven people came up to us there and told us, yeah, I've been listening to it. And one of the guys said he only found out about Carlisle through our podcast. <laughs> well, that's good because uh, I think the exposure, uh, the national, and uh, I'll tell you, Mark, it's even international exposure to the podcast. You know, you deserve this kind of exposure because even down in the Southeast, Everybody may know you, and if somebody's looking for, say, a first-gen fastback, the name Mark Young is going to come up because of your your total involvement in that hobby. But why don't you just kind of capsulize for everybody out there listening about how in the heck your love for Mustang turned into this just severe, I mean, I would say a passion for the, the first-gen fastbacks. Well... When I was in high school, I mean, I had I had my Mustangs, and uh, I've always loved the Fastbacks, always loved the Shelbys, and my dad uh, was able to acquire a uh, a Highland Green 68 Fastback. It was a uh, J-Code car, and it was just, just a great car. Three-speed with a deluxe interior, 
And that was by what I drove to my high school senior prom. And ever since then, even though that wasn't mine, it was his, I had the, uh, uh, the jonesing for a fastback. And so had a bunch of Mustangs, had uh, Mustang twos, uh, had Fox bodies, bought a brand new Fox body in 1990. That was the fastback. Fastback. It was red. And my first new car and still only new car that I've ever owned. But I just finally was able to buy one in 1997. It was a springtime yellow 65 fastback. It was an early car. It was actually an October 64 car. And uh, up until last year, I owned it. So I owned it for over 25 years. So, But I've had a number of fastbacks here and there between them and then got my dad back into them. And now uh, up until I sold that one, I still have two left. So I'm kind of, uh, I won't say I'm a fastback snob, but once you have one, I guess you've, you've reached the pinnacle as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> well, hey, no one is going to hold that against you because uh, there, I tell you what, the, the market right now for first gen fastbacks, I mean, it's, it's just taken off. And, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, you, you thought to yourself, oh, when I retire, I'll get myself a fastback. And you thought you could snarl oh, 20 grand away. But now I'm telling you, Mark, they are off the hook collectible and you know there people are buying them up and now with uh with uh auctions the way they are they buy them up they, if they had a six they put a v8 in them and then they sell them at profit i mean is that still going on oh yeah i mean actually i've got a a good buddy of mine that um he uh my buddy barry he and i spoke about him in in a couple of my uh, ford stories but he has owned probably 300 or more Mustangs. And he has actually built, not only done some conversions, but he's also done some fastback conversions where you buy these fastbacks that are rotted out right up to the top of the fenders, but it's got a good roof. And so he's got a, he's got a guy that knows how to cut them apart properly and weld them up. And when they're done, the only way I looked at, I looked at one and I didn't realize it was one that had been done. And you know me, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a doer. I know my cars. And when I looked inside of that, I just thought it was another one of his fastbacks that he had. When he told me that it was one of the conversions, I, I couldn't believe it. I was shocked. And he made that into a, a GT350 clone. And the guy that bought it knew that it, knew what it was. And he said, man, he says, I can't believe how nice this car is. No one's ever going to know it. And that, that, that's my secret. And I'm never going to sell the car. So um, but yeah, the fastback market is just, it's on fire. It's yeah, unbelievable. We, meet, we meet two kinds of collectors or, or people in the hobby. One is they want the all original, the low mileage, the crazy, and the, that, you know, for those in the, put them in a museum, other ones, they want to drive them. They want to enjoy them. And maybe they don't really want the, you know, perfect low miler because they're going to put miles on it, take it to shows, just enjoy the early Mustang, the way it was meant to be enjoyed. And you certainly do that, uh, Mark, but um, I got to tell you, your name comes up all the time when people are searching for uh these cars because somehow i don't know do you have like a notifications bell that goes off every time one hits craigslist or ebay or bring a trailer <laughs> well i i do a lot of searching and i kind of like to say i have a, a self-proclaimed phd in spending other people's money um <laughs> i'm very good at it <laughs> and well. there's a, a lot of people in our club that have uh come to me about trying to find a car and I seem to be able to pull them out of the woodwork and I convince them this is a good buy and, and they and they buy it or parts. You need an obscure part. You need you need a uh, a uh, uh, hideaway spare tire for a 70 Boss 302. 
Okay, no problem. Look on Craigslist. I find one in Ohio. That was for my dad. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you guys, I'm telling you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this podcast and wondering what this Mark Young fellow just seems, uh, I got to know more about him. Here's what you do. You go to FordPerformance.com. And uh, I think it was 20. Do we do it in 21, Mark? I think it was 21 now. Um, we, uh, yes. I said, hey, Mark, why don't you, I went to Mark's place and then he pulled out 87,000 cars out of his dad's property. And they, and every person in the family either had a Mustang or a Ford or a T-Bird. And I said, well, this would be a great photo shoot. Let's do it. I'm thinking fan spotlight, right? Well, oh my God, after we sat down, we had a few beers, we went to the bar. Then we went, I made the huge mistake of going to Charlotte Auto Fair with you and seeing you work the, the clubs there and that the used cars that we saw, the call the cars for sale, people were coming. You were the bomb. And, and then that's when I realized, boy, if anybody needs to know anything about any first-gen Mustang, really any Mustang, because now that your kids are driving and you're building race cars, uh, you, you've taken apart more S197s than most dismantling yards. <laughs> and and you're, yeah. I mean, you're just, you're, you're into it. So I have to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to get in touch with Mark, when you want something, I mean, especially the Southeast, which is still a hotbed of decent cars, you know, they used to say, well, it's a Southern car. And I said, why did it like sweet tea? <laughs> no. So, but there's a big difference between you and Mike Ray. When I say, Hey, I want you to find me a car. You know, you're looking for some, you know, 67, 390 GT. Uh, but not Mike Ray. When I say, hey, Mike, I want you to find me a car, you know, being that he sells new Fords, he's saying, you want a new Bronco? <laughs> <laughs> you Both you club presidents uh, have this thing about selling cars. The difference Opposite is, ends of the spectrum. Yeah, but I have to tell you, the difference is, Mike, I, I'm not, this is not disparaging you at all, but that club president or former club president now, let me drive his Mustang. I don't think, Mr. Ray, I've ever driven your hot rod. You started it a couple weeks ago, didn't you? I get to sad. Oh, yeah, I sat in it and turned the key, and then I couldn't hear, <laughs> then I couldn't hear anything. <laughs> and then after I bought my uh, 06 GT and the, I had the Stinger mufflers on it, I thought it was so loud. I, I sold them to Mark, and he goes, those aren't loud. <laughs> They're not. <laughs> so yeah, I amazing. think you referred to them as loud-ass cans. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. So it's amazing that you can hear it all. Uh, but Mr. Young, let's go beyond that. So if you go to FordPerformance.com and you sent me this story, and you, you, I remember you calling me about a week before you were going to send it to me, and you said, John, I, I, I've I, already got you know, the maximum. I'm a couple of thousand words, and, and I can't possibly fit. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm only to 1928. <laughs> and then because you, your family goes way back to the turn of the century with Model Ts. So... What did we do? Mike, can you believe this? I allowed Mark Young to write a four-part series of the Young family legacy with Ford Motor Company. Of course, the last one and a half parts were what we want to talk about on the podcast tonight, which is Mustang. But what a story. So go to FordPerformance.com to the enthusiast section, hit a search for the word Young, 
And if you read those four parts, that'll keep you young. That's for sure. Uh, what a story. But or, it'll put you, or it'll put you to sleep. <laughs> one or yeah, the no, other. <laughs> it's, it's just a, it's a, well, Mike, you know, we, you and I talk about when we go meet with people. Remember we had the uh, podcast with uh, Dave Parasak, Mike? Yeah. I remember then he said, well, let's go get a beer. And we went to Ford's garage and we, did we get, we were there till almost closing. Yeah. And here's a, you know, one of the higher ups at Ford, you know, in charge of global platforms now. And, and, but to sit down and have a beer with Dave and talking Mustangs is just like every other guy you want to hang out with. Right. You know, and the stories you tell, and you just, we, we felt this connection. Well, that's how it is to sit down with Mark and, uh, and he'll just, and his dad and his buddies, because it's Mustang lore, like after the show, when the sun's down and you're hot and your feet hurt and you're getting a cold one, maybe a burger, and we start swapping Mustang stories. And that, I think, is the what makes you club presidents so much fun to hang out with. And Mark, why did you finally hang up the presidency? Was it? Did you have term limits? Uh, yeah, it's usually it was a actually I was going to stop after two years. Normally you run a three year, but I was club president and I was the um, kind of the boots on the ground uh, liaison between our Mustang Club and MCA for the Mustang 50th. And so our Mustang Club was very instrumental in providing all the staffing and the parking and and everything else for the 50th. And that was a 18 month labor of love and then plus running the club and doing the newsletters or, or uh, providing articles for the newsletters and everything I had to do I was just kind of spent plus don't forget I've got four kids I was involved in sports and I was coaching and so I had pretty much uh, worn myself ragged and then nobody else ran for president the third year so I said you don't I say. can't <laughs> so this is year 18 mark for me uh, oh Mike's, gosh! No, I was so anyway. So I went ahead and went the third year, and <laughs> then um, uh, our uh, one of our uh, uh, board members decided, okay, he came back, so now it's now it's my turn. So Mark Hunter jumped in there, and he ran for three years, um, and so on. And so it's 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 we have good people, and uh, fortunately, it's a club that, except for that one time, somebody usually steps up. So they basically made it sure I was going to get my three years in. Now, 18 years, no way, Jose. But Mike's, uh, been, Mike's been grooming his his successor. Uh, every time he, he said, John, this is going to be the, the next president, and they're, they're vice president now, but you, I'm going to teach him everything, and they're going to take Moxham to Heights. And guess what happens? Two or three years later, something happens. They're gone. They're yeah, married, the last they're, three, something just went away. Yeah, yeah. and I said, Mike, uh, he – and then, of course, when you say, okay, who would like to run for president? I know everyone out there listening – you, if you've been to your club meeting, you know exactly what we're talking about. Because when say, <laughs> you have any nominations for president? And then you hear. <laughs> yep. Well, something that we did do, something that I kind of robbed from uh, from our AACA Hornet's Nest region is what they do is they always have the 12 board members. But when you sign up, you sign up for a board position for a three year run. So you get elected to the board and then the board internally appoints a president, vice president, treasurer, secretary, and so on. Wow. And so uh, so we adopted that with our Mustang Club because now you only have uh, 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 th four people running for a three-year term instead of 12. And then yeah. you're not running for president, you're running for a board member. And that simplified the whole process immensely. So maybe that's well, something you might want to consider, Mike. 
Well, it is a challenge, Mike. Mike, I don't know what you're going to do, but it's not just Moxham. It's not just Carolina Regional. Every Mustang club in the country is um, is like in a leadership struggle because it's a lot of work, and uh, people are just afraid to step into that. And, Mike, you weren't afraid because you didn't have time to be afraid. That's right. Yeah, it was just kind of thrown at me and didn't have uh, an opportunity to even think about it, really. And uh, But you know what? It's it's changed my life, I can say, definitely. I mean, I was a federal government working for 21 years, so just joining this club has changed my life and put me in an automotive career, uh, which is much more uh, satisfying, if you will. Well, i got to tell you, both you guys, uh, hats off to your efforts there. But, you know, Mike, and all the things you've done with Ford, but did you know that as as anybody who's been in the club world knows that certain people are key players in big events and they don't really, they're not in the limelight. You don't see other names, but they're the movers and shakers that make things happen behind the scenes. And when I attended the 50th with Gail Halderman, bless his soul. Um, I soon found out from talking to all the, the movers and shakers, and all the volunteers that Mr. Mark Young was a pretty good mover and shaker. You were, a, he had a big key role and making Mustang 50th at Charlotte, at least, um, make it happen. And Mark, I don't know if that got um, just was a growing thing, but do you? How do you recall that insane and beautiful party? It was like I said, it was an 18-month labor of love, all the planning, and our club has done that. This was that was the third one they had done. We had done the 30th, we had done the 35th, and then we did the 50th, and. I worked the other two, but uh, uh, this was the first one where I was in charge. I was the uh, the show chair for for our local club, and I so said we provided all this, all the staffing, all of the parking, um, and I had my hands in a little bit of everything. And obviously, Steve Hall was the uh, the overall director, but I was kind of his uh, uh, right hand man, right arm, so to speak, uh, for the Charlotte event. And there were a lot of uh, a lot of things going on behind the scenes that. If you couldn't find somebody to do it, you just did it yourself. So <laughs> I was I was in my red F-150, and I was I think I burned up three tanks of gas that week just driving around. <laughs> and so what I like to tell everybody is I saw everything, but I didn't get to see any. <laughs> right. Uh, did, Mike Ray decided not to go to Charlotte. Uh, he, of course, wanted to go to Vegas. <laughs> yes, we're definitely in Vegas. Um, you know, that year is just it's such an insane year. Like every single event we did was just over the top. And Mark, I'm sure you can relate. And yours was probably the no. exact same way. I think any club across the country was the same way in 2014. Oh, it's uh, this, I mean, they said everything that you write, everything was re reached a new peak as far yes. as uh, quality um, uh, attendance. It just, it, it, everything yeah. was over the top. You're absolutely right. Even cruisings, I mean, they were like, you know, double what they used to be. Or like you said, everybody's enthusiasm was up. Everybody's excitement mm -hmm. was up just due to the 50-year, uh, you know, all for all year long. And it was like celebrated literally from the show season beginning till the end. And then the, the 50th events themselves were just the major highlights of the year. Well, yeah. you guys no, definitely and... played a huge role. And Mark, you, you, yeah, I know you were busy, but you got to at least uh, on some of those events, you got to see Gail. Uh, Mike, I mm -hmm. believe you got to meet uh, Hal Spurlick. Oh, yep. what a what a moment that is. he's he's he and I mean I miss Gail a lot but how yeah, was there how Titan was there yep. yep yeah that those were events that I'm mean, I'm wondering if the 60th will pull that kind of uh, flavor down in Birmingham but to this point um, uh, uh, like you have to before you 
get out of this hobby. You and I have to go to Charlotte Auto Fair, and we got to go with Mark Young and walk among all those great clubs that go down there in the infield and hang out, and then have Mark walk up, up along the racetrack there and start going from car to car and listen to him. I, I just, for once, John Clore wasn't talking. He was listening, and Mark goes, oh, that's the wrong, <laughs> that's got the wrong wheels on it. No, this guy doesn't know. This is a 64 and a half, and Mark, you are really spectacular in your knowledge, and people are actually asking you questions while you're just looking at them because you just look like you know what you're doing. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh, I don't know, maybe uh, uh, I, I talk the talk. Well, no, you, you've built uh, so many cars in your garage, your K-Code, your, your Shelby clones, the stuff you did with your dad, uh, the race car, the parts, the, the searches, the the junkyard times, the making race cars out of uh, uh, reclaimed cars, getting Mustang wheels under your kids. Uh, that's, that's all that's doing. That's not, you know, that's just not talk. Mm -hmm. You're walking the walk. And every Mustang person out there listening tonight can, can respect somebody that both has works in the club, you know, dedicates himself to the hobby and then builds the cars and has fun with the cars himself. And yet still has the time to say, you know what? Let's take some time out and I'm going to help the Mustang Owners Museum. What did Steve Hall talk you into, Mark? <laughs> well, he when he first made the announcement that they were opening up the uh, was going to be the, the National Mustang Museum, they made the announcement at one of our club meetings because we're we're local here, we're the boots on the ground. And then when uh kind of Ford stepped in and said, "Well, you know, maybe that name might be used elsewhere." So you need to come up with something different. And that's when he came up with, you know, this is about the owners. It's about the Mustangs. We don't want to own anything. We want to celebrate other people's Mustangs. So that's why it became the Mustang Owners Museum. And so uh, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I might be ad-libbing a little bit. but uh, No, that's that's about it. Yeah, But, I mean, Steve and I became friendly enemies after, at, at the 50th. We'll put it that way. We had, uh, we had a few crosswords here and there, but all in all, we got along well, and that led to our success of the – Mustang Museum grand opening, as well as when we did the Mustang 50th. And when we had our uh, our event here, we helped with the 50th as well. And our uh, very beloved uh, David Goff, who uh, passed away here recently, yeah. was was in my position over the 55th for the club. And I was over uh, getting the Mustang Museum open so Steve could kind of run and do his thing. So um, I helped with doing the Mustang Museum. I had uh, uh, a couple of cars in there. I had it in the Preview Museum. And so finding cars for him ended up kind of being natural because I had a lot of collections. I uh, know of a lot of collections. And so I kind of, I don't know, I named myself the uh, the CPO of the museum. As you said, I'm the chief procurement officer. So <laughs> when he needs a car, he just uh, shoots me a text or gives me a call. And I start uh, beating the bush to see what I can come up with. Well, you're That's the funny. Right. I'm the CPO for Ford, ain't I, John? Yeah, you don't find cars for museums. You find cars for Ford Motor Company programs. They, they, here's the here's the joke. They call me, and I go, I don't have any cars. I got a couple of Mustangs, but I'll call Mike. And of course, Mike has the list of people he knows with Mustangs. And I don't know what you do, Mike, but within like 48 hours, if Ford needs this car, or that car, or this, you somehow get them. But but it's the same thing with you guys because you know so many people. Talk about the King of Connections. And Mark, because of his his constantly knowing where cars are and people are, you're the perfect guy to do that job for the Mustang Owners Museum, Mark, because any good museum, anybody will tell you, 
it's, you go to the museum, you see the cars, and if you come back in a year or two, you want to see different things. And you're able to do to take a great uh, a number of really cool cars with great stories and keep them rotating in out just to keep that whole thing fresh on top of all the other things that Steve's doing, like with the design stuff coming in this year. So I got to yes. tell you, Mark, he's got himself, just like Ford's got a winner finding cars with Mike Ray, the Mustang Owners Museum, boy, you're the chief procurement officer? I should say so. You you got it rolling, Mr. Young. But listen, <laughs> that brings us to another question. So this year, uh, you're doing double duty again. You are going to the auto fair. I understand the Ford Special Vehicle Registry wants to bump me from my chance to go. Uh, and they want to get there to see what Charlotte Auto Fair is all about. And, of course, um, your club's there as well as I think there were, weren't there four or five other Ford clubs the last time I went with you? Yes. Yeah, there, there's uh, several uh different Mustang clubs as well as the, the, the Ford owners association is there FOA. Right. Um, and then there is, um, I think there's a fast Fords club. So yeah, so there's a half a dozen Mustang and Ford clubs there. And I remember you took me up to a bunch of young kids from their own Facebook group and they had a couple of SN95s. One of them was four different colors, had a big bandaid on the uh, fender where it had a dent that said, ouch. And they did mm -hmm. the run with your brung kind of project cars. And I just love talking to those kids. What an eclectic group of people. Is Auto Fair still you expect to have a good turnout this year? Yes. I mean, and then we basically, being that I've, I've been with the, the Hornets Nest ACA for, for five years, so I've actually worked the event. We've seen its ups and downs, and we had to go through the cancellations through, uh, through COVID, which was unfortunate. But, I mean, it is what it is. So we uh, but we finally climbed back out of that. People are starting to come back now when uh, the vendors are uh, starting to come back around. I mean, at one point in time, we were bigger than we were probably the biggest in the country. We had uh, uh, over 10,000 cars for sale parked around the track itself on, on the track and over 10,000 vendors. And that was far bigger than Hershey, and Hershey's known to be one of the biggest in the country. So yeah, that's yeah. that was that was only for a couple of years. It's not that big now, but for for the while, uh, several years, we were the big Kahuna. Well, Mike and I are going to promise our, you know, even though Ford is going to be there with the special vehicle registry, both at Auto Fair uh, and the next day happens to be when the Mustang Owners Museum celebrates National Mustang Day, and you're going to be there too. Yes, I am. I'm actually going to be working the event. Working auto fair all day Friday. I'm going to go to the uh, to the dinner Friday night at the Mustang Museum. Uh, I'll be working Saturday and then working uh, with your SV or S, uh, for performance contact. I want to say SVT contact for performance contact. And then I'm going to go to the banquet Saturday night at the museum. And then I will be up at the museum all day Sunday. So um, busy weekend. You know how to you live. <laughs> <laughs> we're going we're going to be there next year right mike you promise you're going to go to auto fair with me yeah i definitely want to see it you know lyle sturgis from roush uh from tyndall ford down there he was always a big uh player down there and representing roush down there and always said nothing but great things about that event that i always needed to come see it so yeah i definitely want to get down there hey, lyle's a good buddy of mine he is uh i tell you what if if, if i think of a an expert car salesman and somebody who is brand loyal, it is Lyle. I mean, oh, he, absolutely. Is, he, he has Roush blue blood. Oh, absolutely. And I don't know if you heard, there was some very sad news. Lyle's mom passed away today. 
Oh, no, I did not hear that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Lyle's a great guy that I've had the opportunity to work with um, for the last uh, eight, nine years. And uh, yeah, he's taught me a lot um, on the enthusiast side, car selling side, everything you can think of. So yeah, definitely a great guy. Well, he sells them, lives them, and owns them. That's correct. Kind of like both of you. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, uh, Mark, I have to tell you, the, the, the folks that really want to get into this hobby, you have lived that life. Uh, I remember when you, when I used to hang out with you and we have a day, you'd, you'd take me to a collector, you know, to, to see collectors' uh, inside backroom stuff. And it's just great to have a, a hobbyist who, is this deep into it. We really appreciate all the efforts that you do, not only for your regional club, but for the Mustang world in general. And I'm not just telling people that, you know, to go check out your story, but go check out your story on Ford Performance. <laughs> you, your whole family, you you know, you can see the, the, the apple didn't fall far from the tree and your dad has been great to hang with. A true Mustang legacy of Mark Young and his entire family and your kids. Uh, so our congratulations not just from all that you've done for the Mustang Owners Museum, but from the Ford Motor Company as well. So thank you for all your dedication to the hobby. Oh, well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. I mean, it's a true honor to not only be uh, recognized, but uh, to be part of the hobby because it's, uh, it's, it's, what, it's what keeps me uh, out of the bars and all, out of, off the golf course. I mean, I love <laughs> it. I work in the garage <laughs> and um, I'm, I'm looking on, Craigslist or anything else, and uh, my wife calls it my car porn. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what it is. You're awesome, and uh, again, I, I, ladies and gentlemen, you have to take some time out. Get on to FordPerformance.com. Check out the enthusiast section. Do a search for Young, Y-O-U-N-G, and listen and read and see the photos from Mark Young's incredible Young Family Ford legacy. It's It's a story to be told in a long night at a very, very after a very long day in a bar somewhere in, in the Carolinas, that's for sure. <laughs> Thanks again, Mark Young. Mike, we have to, we got to follow up on this promises. Not only am I going to drive your Mustang, Mike, like I drove Mark's absolutely spectacular K code, but we're going to be down there to the Charlotte auto fair and hopefully on a national Mustang day, come visit the museum and their new display. And if you're there, you're likely to see Mark Young. Thanks again for joining us tonight. All right. My pleasure. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us tonight on the Mustang Owners Podcast. So until next time, we'll see you down the road.